Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we found out statistically uh, what was the greatest ever giant killing in FA Cup history. That was interesting. Yeah, and we spoke to uh, the manager that masterminded that as well. Um, Oscar Paul joined us from The Sun. He's been playing a <clears> board game that's been uh, invented by uh, Newcastle's Alan St. Maximan. And um, you had some suggestions for other footballers that have come up. They were games. very amusing. Were I very thought you were going to say Oscar Peterson joined us. It would be great with the old. We were joined by Oscar Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a job. We would be really. Yeah, Martin it's, Kellner. It's a great show. Martin Kellner was on good form. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as he looked back at a week of sport on TV, Mark Tackar. Mike Ward and the non-sporting TV. Here it all is. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with you through until four here on TalkSport. Where this afternoon, Andy, what, what is coming up? Well, coming up over the next three hours, Bumble looks back on a great day for Johnny Bairstow. What Villa and Newcastle can expect from Coutinho and Trippier. And the boffins tell us what statistically the greatest is... What is, it, is, it, what is statistically, <laughs> statistically the greatest? Count Arthur Jacobs. <laughs> It's a good start, isn't it? Statistically, the greatest FA Cup giant killing. Statistically, the greatest FA Cup giant killing. It's marvellous, isn't it? Alison Maximin leads us into footballers as board games, and Martin Kellner's here with his week of sport on TV. There's all this plus the clips of the week, the Fools panel, Mike Ward's pick of the non sporting telly, and Abaddonian prepares to conquer NFL. That's terrible. It's going well, isn't it? In Todd Macklin's American Sports Roundup. Sorry. I just haven't been able to recover from Eddie Howe's comment there that Kieran Trippier's dream and vision was to play at Newcastle. I'm not sure. In what, in a relegation battle? I bet it wasn't. (laughs) Okay, he's there now. I'm sure he'll give 110%. Oh, I'm sure he will. As all fine players do. It is eight minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Sorry about that. That's uh, all right. I mean, no, yeah, Fletch ever has a day off. We know it'd be cool, obviously. <laughs> and when England were 36 for four, yeah. I, I rang up the ECB to, to, to suggest. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Are you running those teeth in for the dog, as they used to say on old sitcoms? <laughs> to suggest, <laughs> I rang up the ECB to suggest that the series was like a boxing match and could they send Mickey Van over to Sydney to stop the fight? That would be good. Seriously. Someone in a red shirt. You do feel that. If it was boxing, it would have been stopped. This wouldn't it? It's so yeah. one. I, I mean, know Silvers right. could throw a towel onto the pitch. <laughs> well, he could if he was there. Yeah. And uh, the towel in, mm-hmm. in outside of boxing 
I mean, mm. it is an interesting concept, isn't it? It'd be nice in a game of football. Yeah. I mean, having said that, we would have had the towel on at <laughs> half-time. Conte chucking on the towel the other night. I bet you enjoyed that, didn't you? I did, but... You had a cigar on, didn't you? I'll tell you what's interesting. When you go to the game, you, mm. you, you're so tense with the whole thing, you don't really see it. So when I got home and looked at the highlights and, you know, yeah. you suddenly you realise, but I mean, Chelsea were... All over. I know. They could have won five nil. Should have won. It was really. a strange after-match interview as well by Conte. I thought to myself, "Does he realise this is two legs? This game is not over, you know." No, he didn't sound but overly. It, I, he was talking yeah. to Sam I, I, afterwards. I needed to clear clear my head. I took the dog for a walk, <laughs> listening to the sports bar, and uh, he was chatting to Sam. Was Conte, and he didn't sound massively. That was all aimed at all leg. aimed at Daniel Levy. All yeah. of that, you know, basically saying, "Look, if you want to compete, if you want to be yeah. like this team." You know, and I mean, Chelsea did have quite a weakened team out, but look, it's only half time, and yeah. you can imagine next week the atmosphere is going to be great. Spurs get an early goal. Yeah. The trouble is, they've got to stop Chelsea scoring, otherwise, they've got to score three. That, that is my, I mean, look, I, I yeah. mean, is it, we talked about this, didn't we, amongst all my sweary texts to you, mm. but the, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt Tottenham can score at home, and even if they scored early, but it's a matter of Chelsea not scoring at all, and that, yeah. that, you know, that could that be seems tricky. unlikely. But, but look, know, I'm, look, I've got my tickets. Two nil, it goes to penalties. Who knows? I've got my tickets. I'm going. Yeah. I'm also going at the weekend. Then yeah, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, because uh, Tottenham are going to, uh, for the first time, will have safe standing at the game at, mm. at the uh, stadium. And I said to my youngest lad, who's 26, who's never sort of officially stood mm-hmm. uh, at Tottenham in his life. I said, look, would you like to go? It's a little bit of history, this. It's been over 30 years since you've been... I mean, mm. although people do stand. Yeah. Um, no, but I know you what can you mean, officially yeah. stand at a game. And I've not been to safe standing in this country. I've been in Germany when I went to watch Spurs, so... I'm going to see what it's like. I'm off to the Morecambe game. I think that's a good idea. On the wall, which will be a nice experience. No, I think that'll be be really interesting and the atmosphere will be good. The atmosphere was great the other night as well. Mm. But, uh, (laughs) of course, all the uh, smaller teams are being interviewed about playing the bigger teams and one of the Chesterfield players was talking about Chelsea and he said, uh, if he plays, uh, my favourite player is N'Golo Kante because of his willingness to work hard for the team. There's nothing big time about him. Not long ago, he went to a fan's birthday party and Stayed the whole evening. That's class. I was thinking, if you came round to my house, I'd be, would you mind going in, Golo? <laughs> Me and Sue want to go to bed. You're the only. You're the only person <laughs> I know. Imagine I could just see your your uh, your youngest lad yeah. working it. That Angola Canty is going to come to your house, <laughs> and uh, and he turns up, and you're like fighting back the tears. You're so moved by this, yeah. and Golo stays for an hour, and you're chatting to him, <laughs> and then it goes into the second hour. You're maybe running out of a bit of chat. And and then in the end, you say, "Get out, <laughs> get <laughs> out," and, wouldn't you? That would just be you all over. It would get out of my house. <laughs> Definitely you. That is. It'd be good. And um, interesting articles about Novak Djokovic. And, yeah. uh, a quote in the Sun this morning. I've never seen this quote before. It says, "I have a friend, a Brazilian fig tree that I like to climb and I like to connect with." I was thinking, who's got a friend who's a Brazilian Novak, fig tree? Novak Djokovic. Has he really? Yeah. He used to be friendly with Tim Vickery, but they fell out. <laughs> it's a shame, isn't it? Really. <laughs> I have two friends, Tim Vickery, and what is it? A Brazilian fig tree. Brazilian fig tree. 
doing? But they, well, they sort of go out together, do they? Out on the lash. Yeah. And uh, Brigitte Bardot, the oh, yeah. veteran actress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> made As opposed to the plumber. <laughs> made it sound quite sporty, didn't I? 87. Hello, mate. You left a message on my answer phone. Bridget Bardot. Uh, I've got my own rods. I'll come round Wednesday. <laughs> she said, uh, she was talking about vaccines. She said, I'm allergic to all chemical products. Even when I travelled to Africa, I refused to have one. So I thought Djokovic could try that. He could say, I'm really allergic to all chemical products. Oh, yeah. You've got to be allergic Give to that all. one a try. See if that'll get him out the the travel lodge in uh, in Melbourne. It doesn't so, sound great, does um, it? Alison Maximum really has come up with a game. He's oh, invented yeah. a board game. It sounds uh, fascinating. Hmm. It's based on the Greek gods. <laughs> he's an interesting character, yeah. isn't he? Oscar Paul from the Sun has played it. He's had a he's had a go. Yeah. Some Newcastle fans have benefited quite handsomely. This money to be won. Uh, a year twelve student at a local school won a thousand pounds as a tryout of the game. It sounds quite interesting. Yeah, yeah so, well done to him for doing it. Too. But he's not the first person from the world of football oh, no. to come up with a, a, a game. Go, Andy, give us one or two of the others. Oh, and I've got uh, Trippial Pursuit. Trippial Pursuit, <laughs> one of yeah. Kieran's Kieran, one of Kieran. One of his dreams. That was very good, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Scrabble. Ryan Scrabble was very good. Player. Holland, yeah. And the old West Ham keeper, he came up with a brilliant one, Cludo McCloskey. Oh, that, that was very good. And then there was uh, Kadunk, remember that? One Duncan Ferguson's game and uh, Gus Caesar, the old Arsenal defender, he oh, gave yeah. us gustration. <laughs> All right, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to, uh, yeah, uh, we'll move on. Mm. So, um, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. And if you can think of any other footballers that have come up with games, uh, do let us know. Talksport.com, have Grimsby player Omar Boggle, <laughs> yeah, that's the one, that's the one. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
and uh, this is Lee, the Leeds fan. He's got uh, James Ward Prowse trap. He plays that quite a lot. <laughs> it's very good. Buckaroonie, obviously, Ben, the Spurs <laughs> fan. Good. We should remember yeah. that, Ben. Uh, Harry Tidley Winks <laughs> yeah. says, uh, where's that one come from? Uh, yeah, uh, Mo Nopoli Salah, not bad. Um, <laughs> Stretch. Uh, the other one was from Maga. That was uh, Tidley Winks. Uh, Eric Jenga Jenga. Uh, such a good game he named it twice as Ollie the Fulham that's fan that's not bad actually Hungry Hoopia um, says Barry um, <laughs> is that one work I'm not quite sure um, what's this one Uno Emery that's quite good yeah, that's good uh, the ground yeah, that's clever Water Jenga of course that one's from <laughs> very uh, good Tasca <laughs> and Clopperation Steve the Toffee oh, in excellent. Liverpool yeah, so well done just <laughs> no, some of the games that have been invented by the stars the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast We're going to be chatting uh, later on about uh, this new board game that uh, Alison Maximum, the Newcastle player, has come up with. is called Helios, and uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, based on the Greek, uh, based on the word of Greek mythology. Mm. Um, but uh, quite a lot of other footballers have had games in the past. You've been suggesting him. Kevin Daventry says uh, Petter Checkers, of course. Of course. Uh, da- David Batty Ships, he gives us as well. <laughs> um, sure battle Battle Schlups. Says D. Not sure about that either. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, we've got a couple of variations on one. We've got Alan Pardew's game, Pards Against Humanity, and uh, Jamie Vardy's version, Vards Against Humanity. <laughs> okay, that was Dan, um, and uh, also Steady Eddie, and um, the, the former Norwich striker, What's the Time, Mr. Wolfswinkle. Not strictly a board game. <laughs> not strictly a board game. No, not really. No. And Mouse Trapper Tony. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for that. Keep those coming then. Talksport.com. Text 8 and 89. Tweet TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We'll find out more about uh, Alison Maximan's game that uh, that he has uh, invented, which is fantastic. Fraser Connect Forster. That was one of the other games. <laughs> Somebody's not put their name on that. That's good. Cess Fabregas Who, um, well, says uh, Al. And... Uh, Pop-up Booba Diop Pirate. I'm not sure that works. Thank you, Sam. Keep them coming. The other footballers that have come up with games, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's a great picture of uh, Victoria Beckham today on their new boat. Yeah. She's speaking to a waitress. And she's sort of indicating that she wants something quite small. I think it's... Just that much lettuce on my plate, please, for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a, quite a strange photo, actually. There was a bit of an odd story in, in The Sun the other day. Um, and obviously Newcastle are in the news mm. uh, because of everything that's gone on with the takeover. So they suddenly find themselves in the main paper as opposed to just the sport. But it was quite a big story, and it said, Newcastle United are hiring a dog's body yeah. to do chores for the millionaire stars they hope to attract. The Premier League club's uh, player liaison officer. Well, every club has one. Every club has one. <laughs> every club but presumably has one. under Mike Ashley, they didn't have one. What, they, really? Well, obviously. Must have had well, it. They're hiring one a, now. Well, that's, that's what I read from this story, that basically... I don't know if the advert says wanted dog's body. No, I mean, we've spoken to that, one in the past, a guy who works at one of the Prem clubs, haven't we? And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just... I mean, it's uh, this was the problem. Players used to come in from overseas with young families, uh, in many cases, you know, they're not hmm. speaking particularly good English, and just told to get on with it and just had to try and... I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, no, it's useful. You it's, know, it's quite you want you want the players. Yeah, playing you've made well. that kind of investment. Yeah. You want so, to try and make know, their lives that why, little bit. You know, you don't expect easier. some bloke that's never been here before to know how to get his electric turned on. I mean, yeah. he'd probably work it out. But you know, having said that, 
I, I remember chatting to David Platt about that when he, when he went off to Bari when he first went over to mm. Italy and he thought that was the kind of making of him there because he said there wasn't a lot of English spoken you did just have to get on with it it yeah. wasn't a great deal of backup fair enough, and yeah. so he had to learn the language quickly so if his electric did break down he could call the spark yeah, that's a good idea yeah. I've been reading this morning that um, this is their choice of course but 25% of United's players they believe are unvaccinated this is a piece in the Times uh -huh. this morning and of course it's their choice but ultimately you know society wise it's a, we, we know it's a selfish thing to do and it kind of to me explains why they're so dysfunctional okay. well yeah. Look, I make the point. It's absolutely your choice, and yeah. there's no question about that. But it, I was reading a very interesting article about how people are turning on the unvaccinated because they feel it isn't a social, socially acceptable thing to do. Mm. I'm, I'm judging one way or another. I'm just telling you. But it would explain why they're so dysfunctional. They play like a selfish team to me. That's how well, they play. That's, so. quite, that's, quite, that's quite a leap from one yeah, to the well, other. I'm, but it's, I'm okay. making that leap. And Fair enough. There well, you, and the then, leap has been made. They're also offering Pogba... 500 grand a week to stay. What has he done to yeah. justify that? Why would you do that? I know. That's, I, I read oh, that this that's morning. It was bonkers, if that's true, it's really a strange thing to do. Really. Do you want a bit of planning news? Yeah. It's from uh, someone we've played a bit of cricket with in the past. I hope you'll forgive us for doing this. He's, oh, yeah. uh, he's, uh, oh, I he's, saw this, yeah. So I'll make Jamie Thinkston. Mm. A, a, a broadcaster, and and it's your part of the world, Andy. Yeah, I do. He's I know. It's, he lives quite near me, in fact. Yes, he's lost a bid to build a gym in his back garden after neighbours complained it was a bed in a shed. I didn't know a bed in a shed was a was a thing. Apparently, well, you know, you, in case people want to rent it out, I don't think. You, I can't I see Jamie doing, doing that. Doing it myself. I think need of renting out the shed well, at really, the end yeah. of the garden. Yes, he wanted a he wanted a leisure complex with an additional office, shower, toilet, wood stove, and kitchenette. Not a kitchen, mm. a kitchenette. Um, but uh, apparently the locals said it would ruin the area's character. You weren't, um, you weren't among the NIMBYs, were you, I Andy? I wasn't, no. It's, it's Did you sign that, the petition? It's not that close to me. Fair enough. It's okay. actually quite near where uh, Martin Afai used to live, actually. Oh, OK. Oh, planning news. Planning news, much, yes, thank you very much. Planning news. Planning news I've got a bit of column fodder here, a couple of items which uh, I feature where people yeah. sort of have to fill their column with stuff that it really is not interesting to anybody but them. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, I never named them because it's a bit harsh, but uh, my husband brought a Stilton the size of an Easter Island statue. Oh, yeah. Just four of us at Christmas, uh, excavating the centre with a spoon barely made a mark. So the Stilton travelled to Suffolk for the new year, where having competed with fancier French rivals, it returned to London mainly intact. Now it sits reproachfully in the fridge. I've carved off a kilo for each. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Who's bought a Stilton? How's that of interest to anybody else in the Keep universe? Going. I was enjoying it. The size of an Easter Island <laughs> statue. It's a nice line. It is, but yeah. even so. Uh, I didn't do much on New Year's Eve, there's another one. Oh, okay. Just mooched around. It was just you suddenly no, no. talking then. When I opened my back door to let the old year out and oh, heard okay. the whoops and cheers of neighbours ringing in the new, <laughs> I did for once feel the air crackle with real excitement. It left me feeling tentatively optimistic for 2022. Happy New Year. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> a disaster. Fantastic. Marvellous. <laughs> well, I'll be reading those two columns. Oh, yeah, that's great, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's true. Alan St. Maximum has come up with a game. So you've been mm. suggesting some of the other footballers that have come up with games. Piction Harry Arter says, I'm not sure that works, June the tea lady. <laughs> um, Chessie Lingard, yeah, not bad, Marco. It's quite good. Tic Tac Tony, not technically a board game, but says Simon. <laughs> 
That that doesn't really work. Hyun Min Frustration. No, that doesn't work, Jason. Um, what else have we got? Um, I've got one from our old friend Dave Tully. I was going to spare his blushes and not read it, but I think I have to. Yeah, I think it do. doesn't work at all. Scrabble Hadjajouf. <laughs> <laughs> not working, Dave. Sorry, Dave. Not working. <laughs> I do love a game of Nortons and Crossleys. That's very good. <laughs> Says uh, Clive, uh, lots of Unos, mm-hmm. Uno Fernandez. Thank you, Wilson, for that. Uh, ya Yahtzee, um, <laughs> Chris. Thank you, Chris. Um, Snakes and Madders, that's James Madison's mm-hmm. game. Bad, yeah. Vards Against Humanity we had earlier on, the Leicester players. Talking of which, uh, Brendan Rodgers just said that Jamie Vardy's going to be out for eight weeks with a hamstring injury. Yeah, that's a blow good, for is him, it? isn't it? Eight yeah. weeks, it must be a bad one. And Johnny Evans is going to be out until April, so they're going through it a little bit at the moment on Leicester. Um, uh, Ludo Goretz says uh, Michael, uh, not strictly a player. Tic Tac Tony Adams says JP, and just some of the other board games you're coming up with: Red Light, Rob Greenlight, and Sam Kerplunk. <laughs> Thank you, Danny in Leeds. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Now, I'm sure there's been plenty of pub conversations around the third round about what was the greatest giant killing, and between us, we could reel off a, a, a number of those uh, fantastic matches, especially in the third round. When I was a kid, very young, Norwich beat Man United. I remember that Terry Bly, that was a shock. I don't yes. know if that fi- figured in there such a long time ago. I remember just before that, the, the, it was Leeds... Um, Colchester, remember that one? Ray oh, yeah, Crawford, yeah. I remember that, was that one. About seventy-one, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. A kid, I remember that long time. Bit of a shocker, but um, the boffins at Bath University have been uh, taking a look uh, and crunching the numbers. So, looking at it statistically, uh, you know, not just making a value judgment on it, but actually looking at the numbers uh, as to what was the greatest. Um, Giant killing in the history of the FA Cup. And uh, we'll be chatting very shortly to the, the man that masterminded that, that, that uh, memorable victory. But before that, uh, Udwai Rambojan joins us, a researcher at Bath University who has uh, crunched these numbers. Udwai, good afternoon. Hi there, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. I suppose the question is, uh, what kind of criteria did you use to, to arrive at uh, your top ten? Well, you know, there were two main things that we looked at. Um, the first one was, if you're a team from a lower league, um, how easy is it for you to actually reach the third round? Um, and the lower down you are in the league, then the harder that is. And the second thing that we looked at was the was actually, we did some in-match modelling to sort of try to understand what happens in a game when a team has conceded a number of goals. And those two were the main things, really. Right. Um, so, um, are you you a football fan yourself? Uh, a big one, yes. And who's your team? Uh, Liverpool FC. Okay. Uh, Have they ever been involved? They, in they, they, it's rarely they, they get it's a giant killing against them. I can't think of many. Can you? I I, I don't remember any to be honest, <laughs> and, and I don't think Liverpool made the top ten. So no, Wrexham Arsenal was a, quite a famous. But one, that one's it? not in the that one's not in the top ten, is it? There's been greater ones than those. No, I don't think Wrexham Arsenal is in the top ten. I'll have a no. quick look. No, it's not. Uh, now, number two is another very memorable one, the, the Ronnie Radford goal, of course. Hereford yeah, two, course. Newcastle one in, in 72. And that may have been a lot of people's number one. Motties. Well, Motties, certainly <laughs> it would have been. But statistically, it just fell short, did it? 
Yeah, it fell short. And actually, the deciding factor between the top and the second was when the goals were scored. And if you look at the goal line, the, the time at which the goals were scored for the West Bromwich walking goal, Walking scored three goals after being one nil down mm. in like a 15 minute window. And this is way more unlikely than the scoreline that we observe in the, the other game, the Hereford Newcastle one. And, and this is what makes it so unique, I think. And this well, is what the model says. Let's go from 10 to 2. Um, Newport mm. to Leicester uh, 1. That was in 2019. Yeah, Newport, Newport had become, become the old Cup Kings, cup. haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they were great. Derby won Bristol Rovers 3 in 2002. Harlow won Leicester nil 1980. Yeah, I remember that game as well. Mm. Um, Burnley nil Wimbledon 1, 1975. Sutton 2, Cov 1. Oh, that was another That's a very famous, famous game, 1989. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oxford 3, Swansea 2, 2016. Some painful memories coming back for one or two of these teams' fans. Mm. Uh, Birmingham 1, Altrincham 2, 1986. 1 for Dance. Yeah, Newcastle featuring twice. Stevenage 3, Newcastle 1 in 2011. Then that Hereford 2, Newcastle 1 in 2017. Chelsea beat, uh, losing to Bradford at home. That was yeah. quite a shocker. But statistically, number one, West Brom 2, Woking 4, as uh, Udwai was just uh, saying. And uh, joining us now is the former Woking manager, the man who was in charge that day, Jeff Chapel. Hi, Jeff. Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? You, you're the, it's the greatest giant killing ever, and you were the man that, uh, that uh, masterminded it. Yeah, I was, I was absolutely staggered to see the workings, how they actually um, arrived at it, because I used to love mathematics, and I looked at the figures, or I attempted to. I got lost straight away, so I gave up on that one. <laughs> but, um, I think it just it gives you a sense of, of pride, how proud we all are. Um, I mean, I've always been in love with the FA Cup ever since a young boy. I'd be glued to the television, and probably a black and white one in those days. And um, I'd be there at 10 in the morning and right through till probably 6 or 7 in the evening. That's when how long it used to last, the presentation. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just to come out on top, um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's unbelievable, really. Mm. Um because there have been quite a few shocks over the years that I've seen, but to be just a little part of the FA Cup, making a little bit of history, it's fantastic. Sure. Do you think the giant killing now is more likely because of the, the bigger teams, even the championship teams, rest players? They look at the FA Cup and think, no, this is for squad players. We, we've got to concentrate on the league. Very few managers now at any level play their absolute first team. Well, I wish I wish they would. Um, it's such, it, but it's <laughs> the biggest competition, domestic competition in the world. And I must admit, over the years, I've, or the last certainly maybe the last decade, um, some managers have treated it a little bit too lightly for my <clears> liking. <throat> and so it's there's nothing like it. Um, and I've always looked at it. Two words for me: David Goliath, and that is what the FA Cup is all about. That day, I mean, you were... I was just trying to work out, Fletch, who works with this, is a Woking fan, and we were saying, well, what, what league were you in then? I mean, they were what what would now be the championship at West Brom at that time. So what league were you in, uh, Jeff? Yeah, we were in the we were in the Isthmian League. Right. Um, which which is um, a very strong league, still, still very strong now. A um, couple of divisions down from the national where we are at the present time. Um, and going quite nicely, not top of our league at the time, um, but a team of, um, 
well, we had a, a dressing room full of characters, really, quiet ones, funny ones, serious ones, the odd comedian, but we all had one common goal, and that was to enjoy what we were doing, entertain the public and beat the opposition. Yeah. Um, we had a great motto in the club, which was pass and move, <clears throat> um, and 90% of our game was played on the grass, um, and that's you know what we wanted to do all the time. And also, um, as Udwai just said, you know, uh, uh, the, the the fact that you came from behind to win it uh, meant, you know, you deserve that number one slot. There's that uh, famous picture, isn't it? Timber Zaglo on the shoulders of the fans with the floodlights in the background, sort of iconic FA Cup shot. We've, uh, we've spoken to Tim over the years. Um, yeah, that was that was the real story, wasn't it? That was the back pages of that picture after the game. Yeah, and, and rightly so as well. Um Tim is very, very laid back. Um, he could have made a career in football, no doubt about it, but he, he wasn't committed enough to do that. He just loved to play football. And he'd, he'll say to you now, if you if you bumped into him in the street, he'd say, all I did was score three goals at West Bromwich Albion and nothing else. Um, <laughs> and, and that's Tim for you, you know. Um, but uh, no, the West Brom fans, absolutely brilliant on the day. Um, we couldn't believe um, the accolades they gave us, and even to this day, we've still got friends that we made from that day, which is fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking picture of it now. It's uh, I'll make Graham Roberts running back as Tim scores one of his goals. They put out a decent side, West Brom, but Robbo was pleased to be on the end of that. It's fantastic. Well, look, lovely to talk to you, Jeff. Um, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yes, great yeah. pleasure. And thanks for doing the numbers. You've made Jeff very happy, and uh, you've settled a few pub arguments as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, but thanks for thanks for having me. Was yeah, thanks, there thanks, Jeff. Uh, thanks, Jeff. there, um, Rambojan from Bath University. Jeff Chapel, the former Woking manager. Interesting, because Chelsea got Chesterfield tomorrow. They're top of the national league, aren't they? Quite, yeah, they're, they're going, going, they're going well, very yeah. well. They're playing very well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, still to come, we've got the false panel. We'll look at Chelsea, Chesterfield, um, Spurs, Morecambe and Swindon, Manchester City. All those games live on the TalkSport and TalkSport 2 this weekend. So, we've got so many matches. We'll also bring you Hull Everton, Port Vale, Brentford, um, Millwall Palace, Liverpool Shrewsbury and Forest v Arsenal as well. So, we've got loads of uh, FA Cup football across the TalkSport network this weekend but um, when we return what are we going to be doing next oh yes we're going to have a chat with um, Oscar Paul indeed uh, about the new game that's uh, been invented by Alan St Maximin based on the world of Greek mythology a new board game I don't know how he fits in the time but he's managed to do it football he's got time yeah probably (laughs) Um, that's what's coming up next the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast let's hear from (laughs) Kieran Tripp here he's just been chatting to the press and uh, he says, uh, linking up once again with Eddie Howe was a big reason. Have you got that cash register? Sound yeah. effect, sorry. <laughs> oh, very cynical, Andy. Yeah, linking up with Eddie Howe, he spent time with at Burnley, of course. A big reason why he's joined Newcastle. I've kept in contact with him ever since um, I left, I think it was like 10, 11 years ago. And uh, here's another big reason why I came here. Um, I know what he demands in training. I know what he expects in games. And I'm here to fight, um, you know, and to help as much as I can. And, the players that I've played with me and the managers that have coached me throughout my career know what, know what kind of character that I am. Um, no matter what team I play for, I give 110% and it's going to be no different here at Newcastle. Um, Oscar Paul uh, from the uh, Sun, their Newcastle correspondent, I'm sure was in on that uh, press conference. Hi, Oscar. 
Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, how did he come across? He's always come across like a pretty decent fella, I think, and he's he's pretty self-aware in those times when he maybe say that last year at Tottenham when he maybe did get a bit carried away of himself. He admitted that afterwards and said it hadn't gone well. So I think he's a good signing for him. He's a good sort of honest player and you know there was always that slight worry maybe with some of the Newcastle fans they'd just go out and buy mercenaries but I don't think you could make that uh, accusation about Kieran Tripp here Not at all, uh, just looking back at his career, I mean he's very adamant that he's got a huge amount to add um, on and off the pitch, Newcastle they're crying out for experienced heads who can, who can get them out of this hole and I mean he's he fits the bill doesn't he you do feel they'll be all right. We were chatting about this. Yeah, I think Newcastle will be okay. With a couple, two or three good signings. I mean, I know they're going to they're trying again for Botman, and money might money yeah. might talk there. But um, I Luca mean, what, Dean, they're going for Luca Dean will be very yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle. Sorry, uh, Everton have said today he's, it looks like he's definitely going. But what's the chance of of Botman? Was it all about money, or was it about the player and the club not wanting to sell? So if you if you follow um, even just this afternoon, if you follow Botman on um, social media, I mean, there's been a little bit of casual flirting, oh. let's say, um, liking liking posts uh, linking him to Newcastle. So it seems he's he's keen to come. Um, Newcastle have just put in a, a second bid for him after after the first of about thirty million was rejected. So I think I think they're grown ever confident um, that they will get this done. Actually, Eddie Eddie Howe wants. Uh, desperately wants new signings in for next weekend against Watford. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, huge game. So um, yeah, I think I think they're hoping that they can get that over the line. Yeah, they've. Um, I said Callum Wilson's been hinting at the fact that, that injury he's got maybe isn't as bad as everybody's been saying. I think he was jokingly saying on a podcast, you know, don't sign a long term replacement for me, will you? But <laughs> I thought and, and Ketia sounds like it could be good business for Newcastle. I mean, they did pretty well with Willock, didn't they? So I mean, mm. uh, is that has that got a chance? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's one on the list. Um, I think among a few, it, it looks like as much as they want signings now, they will be prepared to leave it late. Uh, maybe come in with a loan when when other clubs have decided what they want to do. I mean, Anthony Martial is another one who could come into into consideration. Divock Origi as well. Mm. Um, reports that he could be available for as little as something like seven million. But whether Liverpool want to let their super sub go uh, is another matter entirely. Yeah. I mean, they're not cut adrift, Newcastle. They've definitely no. got a chance. But all these players are going to have to hit the ground running, aren't they? Yeah. And he's got to assimilate them into the team, keep the older players happy, the existing players in the squad. It's but, a bit of a job for him. I'm sure he'll be able to do it. But it, it, All those players that were mentioned, though, Andy, and Ketty, has, he doesn't play a lot of games, but when he does, he has an impact. He makes an immediate impact. Origi is exactly the same when he comes oh, yeah, on for Liverpool. So they're all players. It's not like you're bringing in someone from overseas who've got to get used to the pace of the Premier League. They know what they're up against. And all those signings kind of fit that bill, don't they? Potentially. Yeah. And, and I mean, they've still got plenty of time if you think about it. They, they were, well, probably quite fortunate to have a couple of games called off, weren't they? Which they'll uh, be able to play again with their new signings, despite maybe what Raf Hasenhutl's been hinting at today. Yeah, he's where, got a point there, hasn't he? <laughs> Sorry? He's got a point, hasn't he? He does. He does have a point. Um, but then, would so is that every every team who called off a game would not would they not be able to use their players? Um, if Newcastle buys seven and sells seven, what yeah, happens? You know, it's, it's a bit it? of a non-starter. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, now on to Alan St. Maximin and uh, your mm. piece today in, in, in the Sun about uh, the game that the board game he's invented uh, based on the world of Greek mythology Helios um, yeah I mean I, I, I had no idea that he'd been working on it. how did you get wind of this 
Uh, I got wind of it on, well, he, he first of all spoke about it in a match day program around the festive period. Um, and he just tweeted out on Wednesday that he's, uh, he's launching it at a hotel in town. Um, so this was all going on while Trippier was uh, completing his medical. And um, I was actually on a day off and saw him tweet. And um, he said, first 50 come along. Um, so I just thought I'd go and see what it, what it was all about. Uh, it turned out everybody had actually been given a secret last minute invite uh, to go. So other than me, uh, but I managed to sneak in and um, basically spent nine hours there learning the rules of this uh, game card dice game uh, inspired by Greek mythology. So it's a game of sort of strategy, is it? Is it quite difficult to master? Uh, well, I was there for nine hours. It took me <laughs> it <sounds like laughs> with them to pick it up. Um, yeah, so I'll save your listeners the full run through it. So, I mean, it's, it's a poker style game involving cards, dice and coins. You've got within a standard deck, you've got your, your God cards. So you've got the Joker's use, you've got Hermes, Artemis, uh, Athena, and then uh, the Hades, uh, the one card you don't want as the God of the underworld. And um, yeah, I guess it's a mix of fortune and risk taking and... Um, it took a while, but it's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. He is their shining star, isn't he, St. Max? I mean, despite the team being quite poor, they, he's played well all season, I think. He's, he always looks likely yeah. to do something. Yeah, he's electric. His numbers are up as well this season. Uh, his goals and assists. Uh, I think he's already scored more goals this season than he has before in any other one. So, um I mean, he's huge, especially with Wilson out and, and nobody in at the moment. Uh, if they sign Trippier, if they get another defender in, they're still short going forward, uh, especially with Joel Linton now, now in midfield. And there's, going back to the game, there's some money to be won in the game, isn't there? So there was a year 12 student, you're right, about £1,000. And he was saying, a lot of people ask, why am I I'm doing this? He said, I have enough in life. But when I was young, it was not easy. It was hard to buy clothes, eat in a good restaurant or go on holiday. Now we can offer others that chance through the Helios community, he says. Yes, so they're launching an app. Um, and the idea is that, so the more people who buy the game, uh, the more people who go on the app. Um, he, he used the example of Candy Crush, so... People play this game, spend hours on there, but there's no real reward, financial reward at the end of it. So the idea behind this is that the more people he can get behind it, uh, basically the more money that's going to be pulled into it and and there'll be huge cash prizes. Yeah, there was, um, there was a lot of cash floating around on uh, Wednesday afternoon. It's very impressive that you spent nine hours committed to yeah. it. Yeah, it <laughs> really is commitment, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I can't, I, I'm going to have to say it. Isaac Hades. Oh, very yeah, good. Sorry about that. Yeah. Have, uh, that's very good. Have yeah. Newcastle found their uh, liaison officer, or as oh, yeah. son called it, but a dog's pa- body? The paper said that this Newcastle are looking for a dog's body. I thought that was a bit yeah. harsh, considering every club's got a, a football liaison. On it. The next time the liaison officer sees you, you're going to get some clog. <laughs> I was considering putting my name in the hat, actually. Yeah. Uh, sounds, sounds quite a good gig. Um, yes, uh, I, I couldn't answer that question whether they've, they've found said dog's body yet, but um, it looks like it'll be a busy man. Yeah. So excited. it's going to be an exciting month for you covering the club, I think. There's going to be an awful lot going on. Yes, uh, every day, every day. It's, uh, it's, it's just crazy season. Every day you've got... I think yesterday they were linked with the Serb, Fiorentina Serbian striker Dusan Vlasic, who's you know he's one of the most sought after strikers in Europe, and um, I think Newcastle are having to get used to the idea that clubs are going to bump up the prices straight away, but they're also going to be used by clubs just to um, just to attract other yeah. interest from others. So it's um, it's a difficult one to navigate um, for them and and for journalists, but it's exciting. What we're in it for, and um, you'd rather this than. Uh, 
what it was like for the previous Januarys. No, I think that's very true. Mm. Cheers, Oscar. Thanks very much. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, lad. Cheers. Newcastle correspondent, the son, Oscar Paul. And yeah, he's right. Agents are going to be playing the old Newcastle card to smoke other oh, teams yeah, out, aren't they? You know, right. get a bit of interest. We've, had that. We've had that for years. Yeah. <laughs> it's just par for the course. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then to look at a week of sport on TV in the company of uh, Martin. Kellner, good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, boys. How, how, how the devil are you? Not too bad at all, thank you very much. I've been watching uh, The Man Who Bought Cricket. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, me too, last night. I've only I've yeah. not yet to watch it, mm. but Andy says good things. Yes, it's a fascinating... It's made, interesting enough, by uh, Greg James, oh, yeah. who uh, is on something called Radio 1. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, loves, uh, loves his cricket, though. You've not yeah, listened since it. they stopped playing Slade, have you? Absolutely, I've not listened since they, since they stopped playing Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so uh, he made the programme. He does this uh, show on uh, Radio 1 Breakfast Time. Yeah. Weird, weird time to be on the radio. Everybody's fast asleep. But anyway, so he, so he does that. And, um, I mean, fancy, it's an amazing story when you think, well, what is amazing is the, the, the lack of due diligence. Somebody lands on the turf in a helicopter at Lord, and has 20 million US dollars yeah. in cash. You know, you'd think, uh, scratch your head a bit and think, I wonder where that came from. But <laughs> they just completely bought it. It yeah. was a, a phenomenal thing. Um, he was Alan Stanford. He wanted to arrange this uh, international between his own team, which he owned in Antigua, and uh, an all-star uh, English team. So he turns up with 20 million US dollars, of course, uh, eventually, and he's now in prison, uh, Alan Stanford, mm. um, because he was operating a Ponzi scheme. Mm. And uh, the great thing about this programme for me is I now know how to yes. operate a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and, <laughs> and who Ponzi is. <laughs> well, if you take, nothing, who Ponzi is, if you take yeah. nothing away from this, um, you can operate it. The thing Martin is, going to be operating his thing own. about Stanford is he did an enormous amount for Antigua. The trouble is he did it with other yeah. people's money. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You're quite right, Andy. He said, you know, I'm going to build a hospital, I'm going to build a sports centre, I'm going to build this. And he went ahead and built them, you know. So, understandably, he became a, a real hero in uh, in Antigua there. But the, the, the reason was he was offering this Ponzi scheme named after um, a fraudulent banker in the 1920s with... Um, Quite a racy moustache. Oh, he yeah. he had a moustache as well. Alan Stanford, very uh, a very sort of seventies moustache. Oh. And he, he began, but his whole story is brilliant. He began uh, by operating gyms in uh, Texas. Mm. He was in. He's from Waco, uh, Texas, or from oh, a small town near Waco, Texas. Yeah. Uh, a bloke who knew him quite well. Another journalist said, uh, "This town he was from, which was uh, Mejia, I think it was called mm. in Texas, is not exactly in the middle of nowhere, but it's." on the road to it <laughs> yeah. I thought was was quite a nice quote yeah. I don't know about but, you Martin but I, the thing that struck me about this whole programme and it always does about comment is how much front this guy had you know unbelievable the, I think you have to convince yourself that actually what you're doing is fine and it's okay otherwise how can you live like that how can he do what he did it's incredible really yeah well I mean he, he was amoral it was quite 
clearly because even you know in his early days in the 1970s he built up this chain of gyms in texas and he was flagrantly unfaithful to his wife who was at home and uh, just took money out of the till and went and uh, well he was living as they say um as his friend said high on the hog yeah. i don't know how high you have to get on the hog in texas but he was uh, he was doing he went that for 13 million which was a lot of money in those days yeah. um, um, but it was quite a bit of money now actually i went to I went to a Stanford uh, Cup game on Antigua. It was, it was right next to the airport, the stadium. And he had this restaurant called Sticky Wicket, which is a kind of burger-type mm. restaurant, sort, mm. of, uh, sort of Planet hollywood style thing. And when I went back there a few years later, it, it's, it's, it's the kind of classic, it's all closed down, the old tumbleweed, everything yeah. boarded up oh, with dear. big notices outside. <laughs> it's a bit of a sorry sight, really, right next to the airport. It's one of the first things you see when you arrive on the island. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he was able to do a lot because he he, he uh, centred his banks there in Antigua and became very friendly. Um, in a way of um, bribery with the guy who was uh, it was a guy called Leroy King who was sort of the bank inspector um, turned out to be corrupt I mean who'd have thought on a small Caribbean island that uh, you might find a bank inspector was a bit corrupt but you know he was in his back pocket and was, uh, therefore he was able to um, to run this Ponzi scheme which if anybody's interested it's like uh, pyramid selling it's the same thing really. <laughs> you seem to be getting I'm waiting for you to grow a 70s racy moustache uh, yeah, Martin, you seem Sir to be, Alan Kellner. You seem to be <laughs> seem to be completely into it. So, mm. um, well, I was just interested to know because you hear people talk about it all the time, mm. and you don't realise there was an actual guy called Ponzi. Yeah. And mm. uh, basically, what you're doing is you're paying out dividends, but you keep the dividends fairly low so that people don't think it's crooked. You know, yeah. you're not paying twenty percent interest. But just um, slightly Martin, above. It was clever the way yeah. he did it. You know. Martin, why don't you like Bernie Madoff? Who, get yourself a leather jacket and uh, do a fon- <laughs> do a Fonzie scheme. Do a slightly different. Do it slightly different than that. The old Happy Days. Envelope. It's a good show. It's yeah. a good show. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of aggers on it. A little bit too much aggers for me. But uh, there's quite a lot. Of, <laughs> quite, well, you know, it's all Sorry, hindsight. He's in Australia is not yeah. Well, he, he, yeah, he, he won't. The word will get you know. back to him. Uh, yeah, Max, be, Rus- Max Rushner will tell He'll be gunning for Martin, not us, not um, us Aggers. Anyway, no, you'll um, be all right. on, a, on a more serious note, I've, I've, I've recorded, but I'm yet to watch this week, oh. uh, Anne, which was with Maxine Peake, which is a very powerful bit of TV, I've been told. Extremely powerful bit of TV. I think it's an absolutely brilliant show. And when the time comes around for whatever awards it is they give out on TV, uh, if Maxine Peake and possibly the writer as well, Kevin Sampson, don't mm. get something, it'll be a travesty. Because uh, given that we know what happened, and we, Theresa May was talking about it in your in your news bulletin there, so we know what happened to the uh, to the relatives and friends of the Hillsborough '97. But uh, given that we know all that, to make a drama out of it over four parts and just be, it's just so thrilling as a drama. I mean, clearly, uh, Anne Williams is an extraordinary woman, um, but I think Maxine Peake adds that sort of little extra bit uh, that gets you involved. I mean, it's a fantastic, a lot of people obviously will be ashamed watching it. There's Kelvin McKenzie's shameful front page, Sir Bernard Ingham. There was a bit of him on Question Time, which you couldn't believe. I mean, he bought the police line on it. Uh, I mean, in a way, it helps you understand how that line did get sort of sold, if you like, mm-hmm. to uh, to people like Bernard Ingham and Irvin Patnick, who was the local MP there, and the son, or Kelvin McKenzie. 
because you know it was hard to believe almost beyond belief that such sort of flagrant lies did come out of a, a whole police department you know they closed ranks and, and told these lies and then you had the west midlands police who investigated the south yorkshire police and to have a whole other police force investigating the first police force and and coming out and giving nothing really to the relatives uh, and her persistence was just uh, phenomenal mm. clearly a phenomenal woman and brilliantly played by uh, maxine peak it was uh, it's a great show you you will um, you'll get so involved in it yeah. uh, paul uh, over four, i binge watched yeah. yeah i binge watched all four episodes it's a fantastic show martin you're back aren't you uh, overnight yeah, that's when everybody's listening to the radio. Who's listening to breakfast show? I'll be yes, my own personal breakfast show at one a.m. early oh, breakfast. Fantastic. We look forward to it, and we will no we will catch up with you next week. Thanks, Martin. Okay, do Cheers, boys. Martin Kelly there with his week of sport on TV. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now that race at Weatherby featuring uh, Burrow Seven, the, the horse that, that uh, yeah. races lots mm. of uh, fine money for. Uh, he's in the Leeds MND. colours, isn't he? Blue he's and in yellow. the Leeds. He's yeah. in the Rhinos colours. That's right. Um, and this race has been delayed because the number five horse which isn't uh, when number one we're looking for for Barrow seven number yeah. five horse just took off and uh, <laughs> i think it's back and they're ready to go so the delayed three th- the second time we've got a little piece of this us in the production oh, yeah. team we're, we've subscribed to Barrow seven so we'll be watching with interest um but coming up next mike ward will be joining us to look at uh, some of the non-sporting tv before that we should squeeze in we did mention earlier on that alan st maximan uh, is um, he's come up with a board game. He's invented a board game uh, based on the world of Greek mythology. It'd be an app, and it's it's going very well. You can win money while you play. And you've been suggesting some of the other footballers that have come up with uh, board games over the years, and it's been quite a lot. There's Bruce Scrabbler called into Stuart Andy. You <laughs> like that yeah, one, like Bruce Scrabbler? Um, this one's more of a, an app. It's uh, Cundy Crush and <laughs> Piction Harry Kane, I'm guessing, from Jonathan. Emil Escalado to <laughs> Maidenhead Town yeah, FC. Not bad. Um, Ukrainian footballer, uh, and that's uh, Yeven Monopolyanka. That's, that's a good one, Alan, from uh, Leicester. Sabutium <laughs> Mateo. I'm not sure that no, works. Another uh, one's just run off now. Oh, God. This is never going to start. Um, <laughs> Barry, he's given us a couple of Barry's ones. Let me find them here. He has come up with Wycheckers Chesney. One name. And Jenga Bar. Thank you very much for those. Thanks for all of those this afternoon. Um, so, as we said, Mike Ward coming up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We finished today looking at some of the non-sporting TV, if you can squeeze some in around all the FA Cup games. And joining us to, to take us through with a lot of new series over the weekend is Brighton supporting star TV reviewer Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon, guys. So, um, as we said, lots and lots of new series. My old favourites back. Yes. Uh, back to back, the BBC tonight. Would I Lie to You and Death in Paradise, both can't, back tonight. You can't tomorrow. go wrong with those two. Would I Lie to You to me is the funniest panel game on TV by a mile. It just lacks the it lacks that sort of slight smugness you get on certain shows and just feels um, they just get it just right, don't they? Perfect combination of sort of, you know, uh, Lee Mack and um, um, David, David Mitchell, Mitchell David yeah. Mitchell, you know and, and Rob Brydon sort of overseeing the whole thing. I, I just, just, just love the tone of it and you can watch the old repeats and because I'm you know old enough to forget everything I've watched about 10 minutes after I've watched it <laughs> yeah. I, it's just like watching the new series this is a new series though mm. so there's, there's 
you know, there's more to look forward to. Dr. John Cooper Do- Clark. Yeah, I'm John Cooper Clark is yeah, as well. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I enjoyed the Death in Paradise Christmas special. I'm a big fan. It's such an escapist. Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because it is, it is. I mean, it is ridiculous. And there's always one person that comes a cropper in the first two and a half minutes, and then you know. Uh, so the format is, is is great, but it just gets that tone right, doesn't it? It's got you know, there are so many dark and grisly and depressing crime dramas on TV, and this manages to serve up something that's you know, it's kind of more in the midsummer murders kind of vibe isn't it you know slightly daft but intriguing enough for oh, you yeah. to want to know how it all plays out yeah. i've told my agent i'm fully prepared to play, play a corpse well yeah, yeah. we've we spoken to a few people who've it's a, it's a good gig isn't it oh, it's, it's, a, it's a great gig for the absolute, actors yeah absolutely absolutely perfect um, so, um yeah, well, if you love your panel shows um eight out of ten cats does countdown is back Sadly, without Sean Lock, of yeah. course. But um, yeah, that's back this evening on uh, Channel Four, nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Special mentions for Toast of Tinseltown and Mandy as well. Which I watched oh yeah, this week. Toast of Tinseltown. Very was, funny. Was, uh, was good fun this week. I don't know if you've caught that yet, Mike. No, I haven't. But I make a point because I'm a, I'm a big um, big uh, fan. So yeah. yes, I should be watching that. Uh, now tomorrow night, um, ITV eight uh, thirty, mm. um, Ant and Dex Limitless mm. Win. They've been saying they're frightened about bankrupting. ITV with this one. <laughs> well, that wouldn't take much. <clears throat> but yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, Anton Deck. People forget they've done an awful lot of game shows of various kinds over mm. the years. It's. Not, I don't think it's their strength, particularly. I mean, they'll do anything well compared to an awful lot of people. But it's not playing to the sort of same strengths that you get on. You know, I'm a celebrity, where you've got that kind of rapport and the sort of the gentle irreverence towards the celebs themselves, etc. They've got to take it seriously to a certain extent because this is like a, a, a ladder, unlike. Who wants to be a millionaire? Where the ultimate you could ever win is a million. This could technically go on forever. I'd explain the rules if you've got a couple of hours, but basically, <laughs> um, you, you meet the contestants very briefly backstage at the start, so they, you, you, you kind of you're encouraged to engage more with the contestants, and then they win lives and their lives climb a ladder, and then they sacrifice and gamble and blah 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 blah. blah. Um, I will say no more other than the fact that they throw themselves into it with gusto, and the first episode is is quite dramatic. Mm, oh, okay. okay, fair enough. That's 8.30 tomorrow night over... And straight after that, John Bishop has yeah. a new series on ITV. Yeah, I haven't seen this, but he did do um, his conversations thing, didn't he, on... Uh, was it on W? W, yeah. Yeah, and I think he's he has got a knack for, you know, sitting down and having quite in-depth conversations, which I'm not entirely mm. sure that 9.30 on ITV on a Saturday night necessarily lends itself to. But if, if you want somebody who's going to go a little bit beyond the obvious, a little bit beyond the straightforward, mm. you know, plugging of this, that, and the other, you know, new album or whatever he's he's your guy i think so i'm looking hmm. forward to that 9 30 itv and then on sunday again loads of new series we've got it never ends it never ends david attenborough's back um the green planet seven o'clock yeah I, i'll be i'll be honest with you i prefer when he does the animals than the, the plants because right. I, I, I don't know plants are, are sort of yeah i mean plants are great i mean I've, you know more plants in the world i think is an important plants are great i'm brilliant <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> but so um yeah and i i don't know i'm the sort of person who gets a plant in my house and it's dead within an hour you know so yeah. m- maybe i'm not really comfortable he won't be coming around to your house i don't think because he'd look at he'd look out of my window and think you've got a plastic lawn david wouldn't be happy about he would not be happy but i was told off by alan titchmarsh for that once and you don't want to be you don't know you don't be told off by alan titchmarsh you don't do you that's right only politely you know in a titchy way not in an aggressive way okay okay 
And uh, it's, it's Secret Life of Pets, new series, ITV, 8 o'clock. What's, oh, what's this is coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, this is a story. Oh, this is Tuesday. Sorry. Yeah, do you want me to talk about it? Or should well, we yeah, oh, look, you can. You can throw yeah. forward to it if you like. I'm just throwing forward to Tuesday. Uh, the show called Secret Life of Our Pets mm. on uh, ITV, 8 o'clock, including a woman who's taught her dog to press little plastic buttons that she's laid out on her carpet, each of which uh, plays a pre-recorded word or sound or expression. So the dog and her have conversations because she believes the dog deliberately steps on that one to say hello or that one to say I love you and that one to say outside and that one to say walkies, etc. It's hardly be worrying there. there oh, and another dog that can speak to its um, smart speaker and order strawberries. <laughs> well, I can't wait till Tuesday. How go. many more sleeps? Mike, um, Brighton, <laughs> I, I went from West Brom to beat you in the cup. I do apologise. The apologize. Albion versus the Albion. We had the Argyle yeah. versus Argyle on TV the other other week, didn't we? Yeah. Now we've got Albion versus Albion. Sorry, it, you, you went to what? Sorry. Well, I, I went with West Brom to beat you. I thought you might put out a bit of a weak inside. I don't know. I'm, I was pushing me luck a bit. It might we, go the... I mean, am I being harsh? You we don't have weak insides. No, no, okay. See, they've <laughs> changed, haven't they? They're very confident these days. I don't know if yes, Mike Dean's playing for you like he did when we played Chelsea. Oh, yeah, he's still bitter, Andy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We'll catch you with you next week. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye. There we are. It's Mike Ward with uh, non sporting TV. We can, now, B- Borough 7, first race, to say their horse named yes. in, in honour of uh, Rob Burrow and running in the, the Leeds Rhinos colours, raising money for uh, the fight against motor neuron disease, um, was fifth in its first race. In the frame for this one, second. Very second. creditable second. Yeah. Ran on quite well, was challenging. Then the class told were the winner yeah, and pulled the winner away. definitely looked But it's all classy. heading in the right direction. It's a, a horse with a good pedigree. You can be part of this. Go and check out borough7.com and you can sign up and you, and you can be part of the story as well. Uh, race of much needed funds. And have a little piece of a horse as mm. it works its way through to, uh, to top level running. But yeah, it's fantastic that it got in the frame today. So... Uh, well done to everybody. Well, that's us. Um, we're back on Monday, picking over all the FA Cup games. Thanks for your input this afternoon, as always, and throughout the week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again on Monday. Pour over the weekend's FA Cup action. And uh, do hope you can join us. Um, podcast, uh, if not, will be available, as always, around four o'clock. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.